Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our wonderful podcast. We have such great people on, Tom. I always learn something all the time. I'm Maria Geffers, and... And I am Tom Geffers with Career and College Counselors, and today we are very happy to have with us uh, an interesting story from uh, Balanle williams Oli, and she's going to uh, talk to us about her career and the different uh, paths it took to get to where she is today as a CEO of a company and uh, for an architecture company, but uh, she's uh, background is in finance and math. So it's an interesting story. Absolutely. And her, her motto and the book that she actually wrote, Tom, is called Build Boldly and Chart you, Your Unique Career Path, which I think is absolutely perfect for right. our, our audience. So uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. And Bola, thank you so much for being here. I, I really, Tom and I really appreciate right. it. Oh, thank you, Tom and Maria, for having me. I'm excited to chat today. <laughs> right. And as Tom said, you know, it's just a chat, so uh, very informal. So we always like to start our uh, podcast off with letting our guests talk about who they are and uh, what was their aha moment? When did they make that, that beautiful shift and find their path? So it's all yours. Yeah, sure. So um, as Tom and Maria said, my name is Bolanli williams Ollie. I am Chief Financial Officer and part owner of Mancini Duffy, which is an architectural and interior design company based out in New York City that actually has been in existence now over a hundred years. So we're a 105 year old company. Um, I'm blessed and fortunate to be a part of this incredible legacy and myself and my partners now get to chart our own um, path. So it's, it's exciting, but I'll go back a little bit to how, you know, how I ended up here and uh, give you some color to all the different uh, avenues of expression or ways I give back um, uh, in my current life now. So again, because I, I like to, I like to go back to call um, college right around graduation, because that's when my first aha moment came. And then there were multiple aha moments uh, along the way. Um, so <clears throat> I moved from Nigeria at age 17 uh, to come to the States, New York City, to study computer engineering, right? So my first semester there, I took physics, 
And like many of the people on here, maybe you take a course and then you realize uh, this is completely not for me. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so that's exactly what happened, right? So you fill out your form, you write the major, and then you start taking courses. And fortunately enough, um, very first semester, that allowed me almost recalibrate my path then. Um, I had always had a strong affinity for math uh, in high school. I was fortunate to have a teacher who had identified that actually in senior year. And so I enjoyed taking math courses. I called my mom who was many miles away in Nigeria to say I was going to be changing my major. And so that's what happened, right? I, I went to the math department. They had and um, an, an accelerated bachelor's and master's program in mathematics that would allow you work in the industry. So it was an applied math program. Took that all five years, got to the very end, and I completed college with no internships. I, I interviewed poorly. I was not fully myself when I would, when I would get to these interviews. And part of, part of the reasons why that occurred was because I wasn't leaning into myself. I wasn't leaning into the uniqueness of me or, you know, really expressing my value. And so my very first aha moment happened when I interviewed um, for my first job at a, a company called HLW International, which was my first intro into the architectural world, right? So um, that interview, I made a choice to own this math degree that I had been studying for the past five years. I made a, a, a choice to speak to the skill set that my degree could bring to the job. I mean, I was 21 years old, but I knew that I had to convince them that the characteristics that I had, even though I didn't have job experience, was fertile enough for me to start the job and get things going right. There was so much I could learn. And so that was, you know, the first moment where I truly felt like I was bold. And how would you have it? The person sitting across interviewing me also studied math in college. Okay. And so we connected on that, right? So the things that made me unique is what now ended up um, allowing this uh, job to come through for me. And so I was really excited. And that kind of got me on this uh, 14 plus year journey literally working my way up from junior project accountants now to CFO and, um, you know, an owner uh, of a historic company. Um, that, that journey has been incredible. And like I said, there have been multiple aha moments, but that making that very first, um, you know, critical, uh, what I call it, pivotal choice, right? It was a mindset, mindset shift that I need was what set me on this path. And you were very young um, to have that revelation that, you know, that, that sometimes takes years of, of experience and sometimes people never achieve that. So you were very young for that <laughs> aha to happen. Right. Yes, yes. And, and like I mentioned, that, that aha was not necessarily about career. I didn't know what the career path would look like, but it was a choice I had to make about how I would represent myself, how I would show up for myself and my job. That was that shift that I made that allowed, you know, the leaders or, or bosses that I have see something different about me um, and wanting to work with me, right? Wanting to seeing that I was um, open to one, um, learning, open to providing value, right? It was a two-way street. And I think that that's why they invested in helping me grow in my career. All right. So you have a book coming out uh, soon 
called yes. uh, Build Boldly, Chart Your Unique Career Path. Can you give us uh, a, a, a little information on that, a summary, quick summary of, of what the book is all about? Yeah, so um, Build Boldly is a special book to me. And what essentially it's about, so the full uh, subtitle is Chart Your Unique Career Path and Lead with Courage. And essentially, I wrote this book to, one, inspire people and leaders who want to take bold, courageous action when it comes to crafting their own career playbooks, almost even life playbooks for success, right? Um, like I had mentioned, when I look back over the last 14 years, even though I'm mid-career, but what better time than now to write the book when I'm in the thick of it, where either, you know, peers can learn, I'm not too far off people who are graduating college. <laughs> um, what better time than now to share some of the, the themes that have um, caused exponential growth for me, you know, quickly allowing me rise up to the position I am at. What better time than now to share some of the things that have, um, you know, strategies or tips or practices that I have implemented that have allowed me grow. And so this book truly is for people who are intentionally looking to change their own paths or leaders who want to change the path for others, because that's how, you know, how you grow in your career. It's who, who are the folks who are nurturing you as you're coming up, right? That's, that is what takes A players to A plus players um, in, a, in a team. Who is nurturing you? And are you as a leader willing to challenge status quo? How are you looking? How are you doing things differently? How are you leading your people differently? And if you're just, you know, either graduating college, how can I like, you know, now you can read about how this 21 year old mm -hmm. um, elite, right? Made this courageous decision. And maybe that will then inspire you uh, to truly craft your own book. So uh, I say, you know, it's my way of sharing my own practical playbook so that other people can craft theirs. Interesting. Now you, you, uh, you, you work or you own and worked in architecture uh, company, but you're not an, uh, an architect and you're a, a CFO. And what are, what are the special skills that you think you have that are necessary to kind of, you know, work with uh, kind of artists, I guess, architects are, and yes. math people. What skills do you need to, to be successful in, in that type of business? Yeah, sure. So um, I think one of the things I, I left out, let me just quickly mention how I actually ended up here. Right. The way I ended up in, in this industry was because I actually took a technical drawing class in high school. Right. That was my sole connection to, to wanting to explore this job. Right. There's, there are experiences that you might have or classes that you might take that maybe you think, oh, it's not necessary or, you know, oh, this is just an elective. But you never know how it can mm -hmm. influence um, opportunities for you, right? It can cause uh, doors to open for you just because of something that happened in the past. So one, that's how I ended up, you know, in this industry, um, all because I took a class in high school. Um, so in terms of the skills, part of the, the, the things that my math degree did for me was one, allow me really think about things critically, right? When you're dealing with finances, when you're dealing with, um, um, you know, financials of a firm, you have to be able to think critically. You have to be able to think about multiple ways in which you can solve a problem, which is what we do in math. You have to be able to, one, also <clears throat> be strategic, right? So in my position, outside of just being CFO, as I mentioned, I'm also an owner. Um, 
I work hand in hand with the CEO. We're both um, strategically like leading the organization, trying to achieve our vision. And so how can I make sure that I'm a strategic partner to the CEO based on what the numbers are telling me? How am I informing um, you know, leadership on, on what the numbers are saying in terms of what business decisions can we make? What, um, you know, who should we hire? All of these things always start from the numbers, right? So some of the skill sets you need, of course, like I've mentioned, you need to be strong strategically. You need to have, um, for me, I gained experience over the last 14 years, really knowing about the, about, um, the industry. So before I became CFO, right, I worked up through the ranks in the accounting department and I made sure I was an asset to um, the project managers who are managing these incredible, beautiful projects they're working on. And so it was important for me to understand a little bit more about these projects so that I can help guide them with what the numbers were saying to me, right? So I made sure that I just wasn't um, an addition or like someone they talked to once a month, but throughout the course of the month, how can I, you know, what can I provide you so that you're able to catch the blind spots, right? So there's a lot of proactiveness that, mm -hmm. um, that, that comes from um, working in, in the things that I do. There's a lot of managing relationships too, right? People, right, right. when you think about finances and organizations and clients, I always say people pay people, right? So right. it's not just about the numbers, but like, how are you forming that connection with your clients? Do they know who you are? Or are you just blindly sending out an invoice um, <laughs> to, <laughs> you, you, you understand what I mean, yes. right? You, you have to work to build relationships. And that's what I do. I'm truly passionate about with my team, right? Making sure that you're really working with the project managers, managers that you're supporting. And for me, the rela external relationships I'm managing, as well as relationships within, the, within our firm, that, that's key, right? And I, I'm sure people will say, oh, she's a finance girl. She should just be bothered about numbers. But no, the quantitative and the qualitative to help us tell the full story of how the organization is doing and where we're going. Right. Perfect. So when most people think about architects, uh, they're thinking about buildings, bridges, infrastructure, that great infrastructure word. And, uh, but you do interior uh, architecture. I think you mentioned interior design and architecture. Yeah, so, we do so, both. So, oh, you do both. Okay. So yes. interior uh, architecture and design, what, what would a typical client be when they come to you uh, and ask for? What, what would a client be? What, what would a client come and ask you to do? for? An yeah, so, I mean, they will ask us to do insides, right? Interiors just means, like, how can we make sure that insides of the building, not just the external structure, but the insides, how can we make sure it fits what they're trying to create, right? So let's use an example. We have a restaurant client who has come to us wanting to do a new, um, open up a new branch, right? So... How should the, the dining be? How should the dining area be? What does the bar look like? What is the feel when a, a, a customer walks in? Are we making sure that we're capturing it through this design that we're presenting um, to them? So that's what like an interior, uh, if, if someone comes to you for an interior design, that's what they're coming to you for. The feel and um, look and uh, structure, of course, structurally sound inside of the space, how does that look? So that's what they will come to you for. Let's either do 
you know, do both of those in one project or, you know, we have something really special that we do, a process really special that we do at Mancini called a 360 design process where we put the clients into a, um, a 3D space, right? Or virtual reality, excuse me, virtual reality space, right? So we put them in their space, they get to walk around. Many months, this is like even before, um, you know, construction, even before it's built, they get to walk around in their space and like see things really quickly that you might not be able to catch until you're actually building, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways in which our company is using technology to help push um, the profession forward or push how we are designing forward. And so our clients coming to the space, they get to see these things. It also is, you know, the process I say also saves them um, there's there's monetary savings, right? Where when you build something, sometimes we've drawn it, we've designed it, we get to building and we're like, oh, wait, this shouldn't really have been here or this is too high, it's too low. You might not notice a lot of those things to when you're building. This 360 design process that we've um, essentially created in our company now helps us reduce a lot of those um, decisions that get made afterwards. So. Well, I have to ask you, you know, with COVID, of course, uh, I don't know if you were still working in the office in New York or doing things by Zoom. Were you able to uh, work with your clients using Zoom, doing all of this technology? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, as um, heart-wrenching, you know, as the last two years or right. almost two years has, has been, part of what it has done for us as a, a firm is help, help create... Um, or force us to think more innovatively, right? We were already an innovative company, but we had to now think like, how can we bring this 360 design process online? And so the guys, you know, our developers and um, uh, architects that work on this actually now created a way to do this um, on, on the web, right? Where you, where you guys can be sitting, you know, in wherever you are, in whatever state you are, we can have multiple clients everywhere or their key decision makers all across the world and they can all get into this program on the web. So that's one of the ways, but, but before COVID happened, you know, everything was either you come to our office or we would have to bring our machines to you. But what if it caused or the opportunity caused for us was to think um, about how to solve it differently for people all across, or clients all across the world. Right. So that's one of the ways in which, um, you know, an opportunity arose for the organization. And then for our people though, I will say, you know, for the interior designers, there's only so many finishings, right? That you could pick over Zoom, right? Because their work is, um, yeah. is, is uh, unique to them, right? It's special to them. And, um, after a while, you know, our designers were meeting up once a week just to like make sure that they could get through their materials, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Come together as a team for morale, and then they can go back to Zoom <laughs> to finish up, you know, like all the paperwork and right. things. So, so those are the ways in which we powered through. Um, and, and now, of course, you know, with, with people coming back into the office a little bit more frequently, right. um, now they're able to, to do things almost close to, close to how they were before the mm -hmm. pandemic. Right. Well, we, mm -hmm. we found that to be true as well. I mean, we, we were in Pennsylvania and our clients were kind of local mm -hmm. doing things in person. And so this has opened up to us, uh, you know, the Zoom opportunity. And we're, we're talking to people across the country every day now on Zoom. 
So it was a blessing in disguise for us. And it sounds like it may have been to you as well, finding new opportunities, you know, to reach people. Yeah. Yes. I I will say, um, you know, I, I, I was reflecting back and I think like now in my very short career, I've lived through two major crises, right? The 2008 uh, financial crisis, and then now once once as an employee, right, where I had to look for opportunity in 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 that sad situation that happened then, and then now as a leader, right, now leading people, um, and I've had to think about always trying to you know find the positive, find the right opportunities um, to help me grow. So actually, that 2008 crisis as an employee what what I did was you know when unfortunately people were losing their jobs um then there was opportunity for me to grow and what I did was I went and talked to the CFO then and said hey listen I would like to learn more of these um take a chance on me I think I can pick up the extra work and he said yes so that's what caused that was a huge growth process for me then so I guess overall to say Sometimes when they're, they're uh, difficult situations, maybe one not as um, huge as a pandemic because life comes with ups and downs, try to find the right. opportunity, you know, for you and how you can, of course, provide value if you're in, an, if you're in a firm or whatever the case may be, you know, try to see how you can find value. And that gives you something to hold on and push through. Right. It's a, almost <clears throat> like, you, you know, a forced growth that you yes. must do, or, you know, I always like to say the oyster, you know, gets the uh, pearl because of the irritation of the sand and something beautiful can come from something that is devastating, if you will. So yes. I think, you know, I think that if you're going to take anything out of the COVID-19, it has forced people to grow. Yes. You know, even though they didn't I completely want to, agree. They didn't, you know, they grew. Kind of going uh, a little bit into um, the nicety, I always think the spiritual piece of it. On your Instagram, you have a quote, flourishing tree and bearing fruit every season. Can you tell us where that came from and why that was so inspirational to you? Yes. Um, so that actually is a Bible verse. Um, it's Psalms 1 verse 3. And, you know, again, I'm always... I'm always self-reflecting on my life and thinking about, um, I think about myself as a tree, you know, a tree who has various um, interests, right, which are my branches, um, you know, one, be it my uh, job at Mancini and, you know, everything that we're doing there, as well as, you know, my nonprofit or ways in which I'm giving back. All of those are all expressions of branches of me that are our interests. And I always see it, see myself as planting a seed, right? Either in my company or in other people's lives. And that seed needs to germinate fruit. And for me as a tree, I always want to be bearing good fruits regardless of the season, right? So like we mentioned through the pandemic, trying to have a positive outlook, thinking about the fruits that I'm bearing, um, regardless of what is happening. So that's where that comes from. It's sort of an anchor verse for me to always remember to, to stay positive um, and to always look for ways in which I can um, have fruit growing from all these different things that I'm, I'm up to. I, I love it. And, you know, you have planted seeds. Before we close, I want to talk a little bit about that. You've planted seeds back in your homeland in Nigeria. And could you just briefly tell us uh, about your nonprofits? 
Yeah, sure. So my nonprofit is called She Builds Lives. And um, it actually started off as me uh, crocheting hats to uh, donate to NICUs here, as well as, um, you know, like shelters or, or organizations that support kids with cancer. And over the years, you know, I've always had uh, interest in education. And so I started thinking about ways in which I can help improve the quality of education for children living in low-income communities in Nigeria. And uh, then I, I think I sold hats and then the funds raised, I used it to buy materials for kids. That was like my very first project. I used it to buy textbooks uh, for children in a particular community back in Nigeria. And that, taking that action allowed me then do more projects over the years. So She Builds Lives is now almost nine years old. I'm proud to say that in 2019, we completed our first school rebuild project, you know, that was for um, an elementary school. So kindergarten up until sixth grade. So it's a nursery and primary school as they will call it over there. And now, you know, these children living in this particular community, we have about 206 kids that now have um, a, a beautiful building in which they can come and learn, right? And what is the point of it all? It's for them to know that there are people who care about them. We're creating, not only do we care, but we're also creating opportunity and access uh, to help them um, expand in their education, regardless of where they want to go, mm -hmm. regardless of what they want to study, right? Whether they want to come to college or not, but at this critical point in their lives, there's somebody or organizations who care about them, their lives. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate to meet, to finally visit the school this past August, August 2021, when I went um, home to Nigeria. And it was truly incredible for me to see. Like I met children who I supported five, six years ago, who are now getting ready to go to college. They are first generation college attendees. Like their families have never been to college. And because of this school, they're now able to, to achieve their a dream that could have possibly never been achieved, you know, if organizations like mine didn't support them. And so it just, it's, um, it, it's wonderful because you are planting seeds and these children are growing and planting seeds again. So, yes. I mean, that's what it really is. That reciprocity is... Right is um, yeah generosity yeah. is so yes. so um it's key to a lot of the things that i do generous in time in money you know um and i've seen what it does as i sense of fulfillment you know you we're just doing our own parts to help right. help make things easier for the next folks coming up absolutely well before we close um i really want to thank you for spending time with us um 30 minutes is not enough time actually to get your life story, but uh, <laughs> it's very interesting, you know, the challenges that you had. Right. And I love the fact that, you know, you took an art class or drawing class or like to draw, and that led you to kind of indirectly into working right. with uh, your firm and eventually becoming one of the owners. So I guess the message to, you know, students, college students is uh, take your major, and take another like or a love that you have and combine them and find something to do, you know, that you, that you really love to do. Right. So that, that worked out you know, well for you. And we see that many, many times when we speak to uh, students or even, uh, even people, uh, right. adults, adults who've gotten out of college right. that uh, we help, uh, you know, find a career for them. 
And uh, it, it always seems to work out that way that, you know, you, you become very successful in something, doing something that you love. Right. So uh, uh, thank you very much uh, again. And uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we, and I want to ask you if someone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? But is there anything else that you want to mention before we leave? Yes, I think, uh, you know, the last thing I would mention is don't forget to have a hobby while you're trying to, <laughs> while you're trying to figure your career or your path out, right? right? Have some outlet for yourself that um, isn't tied to, uh, you know, money or like career, but just something that you truly enjoy. Right. Um, because when the going gets tough, you know, you have something that, that you know always brings you some sort of joy. So for me, uh, it is planning themed birthday parties for my two little kids. <laughs> right. um, you know, people try to get me to monetize it, monetize it and I say, no, it needs to be just something that we enjoy doing together yes. as a family. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's my one, one advice. Always find something that brings you joy. And in terms of how people can connect with me, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn um, uh, at my name, Bolanli Williams Ali. You can also connect with me on Instagram at, uh, I'll spell it out, at B-O-L-A-N-L-E underscore H-Q. That's Bolanli underscore H-Q. And you can see my cute little kids. And, and you they know, are beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I thank you. I've been there. I've seen it gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. thank you. And you can get some party ideas, some inspiration <laughs> for parties if you like. Um, but yes, uh, um, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the work that both of you do. I think it's so, that junction is so critical. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank and it you. has been a real pleasure uh, speaking to you. It's right. almost like we've known each other forever. Right. You know, that yes. kind of connection. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, we, we talk the same talk, if you will. Yes. You know, thank you so much. And thank you all uh, our listeners uh, for coming again this week. As always, Tom and I learn so much, Absolutely. Um, you know, and I'm sure you will be able to get a pearl of wisdom listening to uh, Bola as well. And uh, we will see you next week. And uh, again, thank you, Maria Geffers. And I am Tom Geffers. And we're from Career and College Counselors. And thank you again. Be good. Thank you. Come on.